There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. everybody and welcome to the are you screening.com podcast <laughs> i'm your host dot com's own mark eastman and with me as always is co-host extraordinaire shane leonard hello and man the headphones are weird they're, they're a little weird i don't know I, what it is but I, I don't know i don't know what that is either but uh theoretically the sound is coming through for everyone else pretty well but right i don't know maybe we're in different acoustics yeah <laughs> That's well, affecting we're, we're, our we're headphones. We're in a different part of the studio. That could be so. it. <laughs> anyway, uh, this week, as we get uh, really close to awards and uh, all sorts of awards, but yeah. mostly the Critics' Choice Awards right. is on the 11th, which will obviously lead us into the Golden Globes. And now there's like this nice month cushion in between everything. Right. So yeah. right around a month. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but this week we're going to cover Hacksaw Ridge that uh, came out wide this week yep. and uh, Nocturnal Animals, which yep. comes out next week wide Why? anyway. Yeah. I think it might be in, uh, in LA right now, right. but I could be wrong about that. Um, anyway, uh, but that's a, that's a big one next week. And we may cover something else. Sure. <laughs> As we uh, said last week, we may have to start throwing them out uh, a lot at a time. But we got to try and uh, stick a little bit with what's uh, coming out with theaters, out. and then it's going to be a giant push yeah. um, as soon as it gets the 23rd. Next week, my guess is that next week we'll probably do like four or five, right? <laughs> and the week after that, the same thing, maybe even more, because the, be, the week be after good. that it'll be it'll be so huge. But there's uh, too much to cover. But before we uh, jump into either of those. We're going to go through the uh, the nominations came out for the Critics' Choice right. Awards. So we're going to like run through those real quick. Yeah. And I don't know that we're going to say uh, what necessarily has yeah. to win or, right. or anything like that, right. because but then we'd be giving away our lists, right? You love that. Have you started your <laughs> list? Nobody wants You're to no. give away their list. No. You know, uh, I, have, I have a few. So if we're just doing 10, which the right. list is always insane for us anyway sometimes right. it's like um but really it's the top 15 or who knows what right. and craziness yeah. ensues but i have i know i have like four movies that i know for absolute sure are in my top 10 so the, you okay. know they're definitely on the list you don't know what right. order but you know they're in right yeah. not necessarily and then i have um i have i have a lot of movies that i have to right work out yep. exactly where they go. Yep. Like I, I have, I have all the movies that are in my top 20. Yeah. But then figuring out which ones get through to the, to the top 10. Right. I just don't know. There's a lot of movies. Um, this year, as I, I said, I put on, on the site, uh, kind of the rundown, of the nominations as well. And as I said, there, it's a really easy year to predict. 
Yeah. It's a freakishly easy year to predict the nominations. Right. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be uh, predicting the win. Right. And especially because we do have this, uh, this window now for the critics choice where now there's a basically two month span before you got the Oscars. That's enough time for there to be like the backlash yeah, right. against sure. it. Like some you. stuff, yeah, wait for it. some stuff just happens like that. Right. Yep. And um, like right now, we've got La La Land and Manchester by the sea and to a certain extent fences kind of the ones that everyone's really talking about. Right. Right. But you've got time for, by the time we get to the Oscars, whatever wins on the 11th, you know, you just don't know. Right. It, it could it could shift in that amount of time, and yeah. and and it happens every year. I was going to say we've seen it. It happens all the time, and it usually happens where about mid November, end of, getting to the end of November, there's usually something that everyone thinks is a really strong contender that by the time you get there, it like doesn't even get nominated right. or what, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like not even anywhere in the running anymore. Yeah. And now there's enough time for that to basically like happen after something actually wins right. and then still somewhere get thrown under the bus. But this year, as far as what was nominated, you just, you just knew. Right. I mean, there's not, um, it, and not only that, but for almost every category, were you surprised with anything? Uh, I was not surprised very much. Looking at all of the awards, right? I was not surprised very much. And this year, um, I've been uh, in the Broadcast Film Critics Association for, I think, like six years now. And this year is that my nominations actually got nominated <laughs> with a greater percentage than I think any other year. Right. I think there were like two things in two categories yeah. that maybe three or something that I, I vote for them to be nominated and they didn't end up getting nominated. And that's, right. and that's, that, that's way unusual. It's right. usually like really like 10 or 15 things. So <laughs> right. especially the way nominating goes, you know, there's like, if there's uh in every category except best picture, nominate three things right. and five things end up getting nominated oh, yeah. and then it's what you put in first second third and then the algorithms go crazy and then it, you know the computer has to process it for like a day and a half right. or whatever right. so it's a complicated thing um, but as far as if you look at right the uh, uh, best picture nominations you've got arrival fences hacksaw ridge hell or high water lala and lion Loving, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, and Sully. And I don't think that there's really anything that uh, you're really surprised right. about not being there. Me personally, I might have had a spot there for Nocturnal Animals, actually, because right. I thought that was really good. That's and foreshadowing. We won't, yeah, we won't give that. away the whole yeah, thing. Bit. I love it. And I'll tell you, I'll give away, uh, I'll give away another hint, right? Yeah. If I had to make room for it, I wouldn't mind. Uh, getting rid of hacksaw ridge right that, that would be Whoa. that'd be okay with me right right but that's yeah. you know that's the best that's the way it is. 10 I best mean, movies of the year right, right. right. um yeah, no. <laughs> but then even it, it's kind of weird because even it's always about snubs right every award right. season is all about snubs and this year i don't know i'm not sure what people are going to have 
massive complaints about right. in in most any category, right? right. There are going to be a couple where um, I would say probably director, maybe screenplay, yeah. uh, maybe some like uh, supporting actor or something like that. Some people think, eh, maybe this or that. In large, this is a year that did not have a lot of right. people who were in serious tension for yeah. uh, getting – anyway. So uh, best actor, you've got Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Joel Edgerton, Loving, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, Law Land, Tom Hanks, Sully, Denzel Washington, Fences. So it's all the movies that were nominated for right. best picture yeah. – and all of their actors, pretty much. And uh, in that one, man, I don't know. I would have liked to seen uh, uh, Jill and Hall maybe get nominated there. Sure. And uh, and once again, I, I didn't yeah. really, I didn't really think Andrew Garfield was necessarily that awesome. But man. but you know, this is a, this yeah. is a year. It's an interesting year too. Not only is it easy to predict, but it's easy to predict for a lot of reasons, right? Um, you know, Tom Hanks made a movie. Right. Denzel Washington made a movie. Right. There's a whole lot of your nominations covered right there. Right. right. There's a, a big budget war movie. Right. That's been nominated that's for stuff. That's, that's just how that works, right? Right. And you've got even Manchester by the Sea, um, even though it's like a different category, but it's like this exact kind of like sad drama that is fairly likely to get nominated as long as anyone ever paid attention to it. Well, the, you, you know I mean? that art house slash this, this covers a couple. It's the art house film that's highly regarded, but it's also the every year there's a, um, a character with a debilitating or defeating disability or mental illness. Right. You know, right. Like a huge depression or they have a, a, a mental impairment and this kind of covers a few things. Right. And there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, the, the PC world of nominating, right. When certain things happen, right. which, uh, so you go on to uh, best actress, right. And you've got Amy Adams in arrival, Annette Benning in 20th century woman, Isabel Hoopert in L, uh, which I thought was awesome to see that actually get nominated because it was, uh, very deservedly so, but it's, you know, one of those things that might not it, it have, might not, right? right. E- easily might yeah. not have gotten nominated. Right. Ruth Nega in Loving, Natalie Portman in Jackie, and Emma Stone in La La Land, which close to the, if not the uh, movies that actually got nominated, but the ones that were really close right. or whatever. So you could have gone either way. Like a lot of people might complain about Jackie not getting nominated, 20th Century Women not right. getting nominated. You knew 20th Century Women was going to get nominated for something right. and at least a few things right, right. because it has to it, right. it's it's got that it's got that built in yeah i don't know that annette benning is necessarily like yeah deserving but she's annette benning and sure. you know she made a movie and she's going to get nominated right. Right. and and it's interesting to keep seeing the one the one thing that keeps arising you know across the categories is la la land Every single time there's a well, it got the most, right? right. It it got the most nominations, and it's everyone's everyone's still talking talking about about it it and loving it. Yeah, best supporting actor. uh, I'm not even going to try to say uh, Mahershala. Sure. Okay, I did. I I, I lied. I tried to say it. I think that's it. 
Mahershala Ali in Moonlight, Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water, Ben Foster in Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel in Lion, and Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals. Michael Shannon is actually really good. I think uh, it's interesting that you get two Hell or High Waters, so that's a space where someone might complain about somebody else not getting in when one movie gets two, so uh, that's obviously opening the door there for people to yell at you. My feeling right now is that uh, the voting is either going to go strongly for Moonlight in general, not that maybe we're necessarily really voting for the best supporting actor, but we want to vote for Moonlight as much as possible because that's how that works too, right? <laughs> um, well, also if, it, it, if people feel it doesn't have a shot at winning, right, majors, right, gonna, right, right. Let it clean up the minor stuff, which is not to say it's a minor category. I, I think, I think though, in in reality, I don't know if I was like really trying to be objective about this. I think I would, I have to give it to Lucas Hedges. Yeah. In Manchester yeah. by the Sea, I thought he was just really impressive, and as a supporting actor nomination. Yeah. Um, but I, I could see people want to vote for Hell or High Water too. But then now, what if people want to vote for Hell or High Water and you're going to split the vote? Right. right. <laughs> and, and not everyone's going to we'll, vote we'll for the same one. We'll talk about Manchester by the Sea eventually. But right. Yeah, he is. That'll, he that'll is be next week, good. I'm sure. He's yeah. astoundingly good. And, and he will, he's got to get something somewhere, whether well, it be one of the big ones. Well, and here's the cool thing is that the Critics' Choice have the best young actor category, right. which is yeah. our own right. saying, right? Yeah. And not and so he's he's got to win that if you're trying if you're if you're trying to be real right. The category, but yeah. but listen, there are actually other interesting people in that category that got nominated. But uh, anyway, best supporting actress Viola Davis in Fences, Greta Gerwig in Twentieth Century Women, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, uh, Nicole Kidman in Lion, Janelle Monae in Hidden Figures, and Michelle Women Williams in Manchester by the Sea. And the most interest, one of the most interesting things about all of the nominating process for me this year, yeah. right, and the actual nominations that came out, is that this is usually a category where you're just desperate to have anything to nominate at all. Right. And at least, you know, <laughs> even though the industry is, you know, horrible to women and all that, yeah. right, but at least this year you've got a lot of contenders where you're like any one of them could win. They're all really strong. They're all really good performances. They're all, you know, really well written and good actresses in them and all that. And because this year, I swear when, uh, when I had to nominate for this, I was like, I actually have (laughs) things to choose from that. I really, you know, feel strongly about. Right. Usually this one is, this one is rough. There's usually like the three, (laughs) Where you're like, those are the obvious ones. Right. And, and after that, you're like, man, I just can't find great things that I want to nominate. And not because of the axes. Right. <laughs> but they just can't get solid roles that way. Yeah. Hey, back actress. So obviously, Luke Hedges. Right. You've also got Alex Hibbert in Moonlight, Louis McDougall in A Monster Calls. Medina Nawanga in Queen of Cotway, Sonny Pawar in Lion, and Haley Steinfeld in The Edge of Seventeen. And those are all really good. Did you see the Queen of Cotway? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that. And, uh, I heard that was really good. All of those are really yeah. good. Anyway, uh, acting ensemble, 20th 
20th century women, fences, hell or high water, hidden figures, Manchester by the sea, and moonlight. Right. And the thing that I find interesting there is that it's almost a waste this year. It's like a waste of a category. And usually it's a very interesting category because you can get something where you're like, is this the best movie? I don't know. Right. But I'll be damned if this isn't the best but movie. But it's a it's a yeah. it's a awesome group of people. Yeah. This time you you both have uh too many it, it's almost like everybody suddenly was just vying for this award. Yeah. <laughs> everybody no one cared yeah. about making a great movie. Yeah. But you've got all the same almost all the same movies as you've got for best picture, like you know, minus La La Land as right. like serious contenders. Right. But then you have to think, you know, what happens if one of these movies wins a picture and then doesn't win this? Right. What? Right. I mean, <laughs> then it's weird. Best director, it's still all the same movies. It's just, uh, I'm not even going to read all the names because it'll take forever. But it's still, it's La La Land, Hacksaw Ridge, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Hell or High Water, Arrival, and Fences. Yeah. So it's all the same movies. Minus Martin Scorsese's movie, which is interesting, but in all fairness to people voting for director, and you never know how this will go with like the Academy because many Academy voters will vote differently. Right. But that movie's weird. Is it? <laughs> and it's hard to get nominated yeah. as best director if your movie is really weird. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I, there's another one there that I I could get I could get rid of. Yeah. and let Martin Scorsese in sure. pretty easily. Um, That's super foreshadowing. And then, wow. yeah, we're, uh, I won't go through all of them, but uh, those, are, That's a good sample. And, and those are like those the, are the big top. ones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, there are, I will say that we won't go through them all, but there are, there are really tough races this year in both screenplay categories, I think. Because I um, see it yet. I all, it, but. It, it's still more or less all the same movies, but right. there are other ones thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, specifically for screenplay but it, that's going to be a tough thing yeah. to vote for and then what it comes down to is are there going to be enough people especially i like to think this doesn't work the same in the critics choice because <laughs> because i'm in right. it and i like to right. think that it's better yeah but when it comes to oscar time the academy really has a habit of uh whatever wins best picture, we want to vote for that for everything. Right. If it's the best picture, and I, I just voted for it as best picture, then how could it not be the best director and the best right. screenplay right. and on and on, right? And not have the best actor. And right. so I'm really hoping that doesn't happen though. Yeah. I mean, in either in, right. in right. Oscar, because uh, I don't know Critics that it, Oscars, yeah. right. Um, I don't know that it's uh, necessarily warranted this year. Right. You don't, you're one kind of people that, because I know people who actually think that if if something wins Best Picture, then it should by proxy automatically have the director. It doesn't mean the right. best actor, because sometimes you get an actor in something that in one win. thing that he's just awesome, but the movie's but you're not, not the great. kind of person that that not in your not in your actual critic role, but as like a just a guy who loves movies. Like you don't believe that if you get Best Picture, then that's locked up. It should be director, actor. You're like you don't think that that has to follow suit or do you No, because I actually know what directors do right. <laughs> right. And, and what You're it means. Right. You, you've seen behind the curtain. What it, times to know. I know what it, I know what it means to have right. a movie that's directed well. Right. Because I think you could have like the best picture. Like I could vote for something and, and it's the best picture and go, well, but it was directed. Okay. Right. It was directed good enough right. that it's, you know, 
worthy of being the best picture out of it. It was the movie I liked the most, and right. in general, right. it was the best. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best that directed. There could be some other movie that's awesomely directed, and I could go, I don't even love the movie, right? right. But it's right. still it's directed well, right? right? Or or even with screenplay, um, because there are a lot of movies I think that uh, never even uh, are in the running to get nominated for best picture right. that have awesome screenplays. Yeah, right. um, and you know, actually, a good one this year. And now that I try to think of it, I'm not even sure if it got nominated. Um, I better look at the screenplays yeah. uh, real quick. <laughs> so I'll just say the screenplays, actually. Okay. Original screenplay, La La Land, Moonlight. There, there it is, The Lobster. Um, that, that was the one I was going to mention. Yeah. I couldn't remember for absolutely sure. Yeah. Um, Manchester by the Sea, Loving, Hell or High Water, and the adapted screenplays are Lion, Nocturnal Animals, Rivals, Sully, Hidden Figures, and Fences. And that was the movie that I was going to mention, The Lobster, because is that really something that I think should get nominated for Best Picture? I don't think so. I love the movie. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's really deserving of being nominated for Best Picture, but it was absolutely one of the best yeah, screenplays, that's cool. right? That's so and I know, so there you go. That can be hard for people. They're like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. That should be it. You're like, right. you could have a great story, but if a person doesn't put it in front of you in the best way, it's... Right. No, it's just not winning. Right. You know, so. All right. Anyway, so uh, we've wasted enough time on that, Uh, (laughs) but it is it is going to be an interesting year. I am actually really interested to see what the early critics choice does. Yeah. Right. Because uh, so far, historically, it's been the best predictor of the Oscars. Yeah. But now is anything going to change about that now that the critics choice giving something a win? Right opens the door for being backlash against it, right? Especially if something like La La Land or Manchester by the Sea yeah. wins Best Picture and and have had kind of all this momentum going into it, yeah. does actually, you know, slapping the gold star on right. it this early <laughs> make room for, you know, two months of people kind right. of flipping the script on it. Right. And by the time it gets to the Oscars, it won't win. And you see, and you see that, you know, kind of push back on it. Yeah. That's right. Happened. Right. That, that will be cool. interesting. Uh, so, so as we said, this week, we're going to do at least Hacksaw Ridge and Nocturnal Animals, and we'll see how far we get on those. Yeah. And then maybe we'll slip something else in. Yeah. Um, but then starting after this week, it's probably going to be gonna just be uh, crazy rapid fire reviews. Um, right. So Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson movie, Andrew Garfield stars in it. And it's, uh, it's all, if you've watched the trailer, heard anything about it, you know that it's based on the true story of the medic in world war two, who uh, does not want to call himself a conscientious objector um, because he wants to be in the service. He volunteered, he signed up himself. Yep. And he wants to serve and he wants to be a medic, but he's not going to shoot anyone. He doesn't want to carry a gun. He's uh, really, uh, he's very religious. He's seriously anti-gun and he doesn't want to kill anyone uh, no matter what. And so he, um, and and in the end, I think even if you just watch the trailer, it tells you right in the trailer that he ends up getting like the uh, congressional medal of honor and the first person who was a conscientious objector, yeah. although I, because he, he always was, 
Tech, <laughs> so look out for that. Yeah. He always was technically a conscientious objector. That's, right. You know, they checked that box or whatever, right. and there you are. Yeah. So he's the first uh, conscious, conscientious objector to win the Medal of Honor, even though it, that almost makes no sense because right. the term is for people who don't serve at all, right? Who, right? Right. who, who refused, don't show up. They refuse, yeah. Right. So, uh, so anyway, that's the movie. He goes in and then uh, the, movie, the, the movie kicks off and you see like some of his childhood and kind of growing right. up a little and, and uh, you see his parents and his brother and the whole thing. And then we get to uh, more of the actual, the actual thing that kind of got him the main right. no, notoriety, right. the, the one battle thing. So that's the movie. Um, I, I had a little bit of a difficult time with this one. Um, I, because on the one hand... You, you, I just you, changed your grade that you, I think you, you're going to give it. I think you're going to go soft on it, but you, I'm going to see. Well, you, actually, you, you don't know. You don't know what to give it. Um, I, you know, I actually really didn't like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, you know, just out of the gates, I just have to admit that I don't really like war movies um, right. as a as a genre in general. There are lots of war movies that I like. Um, yeah, but not, you're not. but in general, this is this is not my thing, right? Um, I actually think you know, uh, f- so that everyone can just judge my judgment, right? I think Saving Private Ryan is really overrated. See, that's the starting spot. For you. I, I don't think it's bad. Right. I, I think it's way better than this. <laughs> right, right. But I still think it's overrated. I right. still think that it's uh, you know, there's something about a war movie. Like people kind of want to want to run with a war movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I give this a six. It was, it was okay. Right. There were parts of this movie that I really hated. And I have to tell you, just going into the movie, I think there should be a disclaimer yeah. <laughs> on this movie that the movie is like a bit over two hours. I yeah. think it's like two ten or oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... And the movie is, uh, an hour of setup. And an hour of watching one battle happen mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah. And I feel like they should tell you that before you, <laughs> before you sit down. <laughs> right. And then there's like 20 minutes, you know, really like 15 or something yeah. like with the credits or whatever. There's like yeah. 12 or 15 minutes of kind of wrapping stuff up. Yeah. But it is like I really started – I got really pulled out of the movie – yeah. Just going, how long are we watching this? Like the, the, it is, it is just the one thing you're just watching one thing happen for an hour. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's no, there's no movie that's going to do that. That's going to work for me. No matter what, right. no matter what, no, no matter, matter what, what we're genre. watching. Yeah. No, yeah. no matter whether it's your favorite or not. There's no, uh, yeah. There's no like yeah. mafia movie right. Where, right. <laughs> where they're just, uh, right. where they're just battling it out in an alley for an hour yeah and i'm supposed to be interested right. in watching that yeah. anyway um but so that's my i gave it a six it's i i i kind of had to struggle with giving it that high rating really yeah uh, it's just it's it's not good <laughs> it's it may be this guy's true story but there are still some things that you should change you about it right yeah. but even above and beyond that there's got to be more story to it. 
And yeah. and I, and for me personally, uh, Mel Gibson doesn't win any awards for this movie right. uh, as far as being a director uh, yeah. of this. But I still think if if this whole battle that we watch, I feel like that could have easily been 20 minutes. Yeah. And we could just have more of some actual story right. happen. That's a it, long battle. It, it really it, is. It's 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 mind blowing. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so that's my rating. You you gave it like ten and a half. Right? I yeah. <laughs> we're we're instituting the new eleven plus category. Right. I gave it six and a half. And and most of that. I thought me, you were going a whole other way. No, most of that for me is. Um, it, well, it's tricky. A, a lot of what happened to negate any favoritism I had for what I enjoyed with the film comes solely on Gibson's uh, directing. It's, I, I shudder to want to believe that it's always going to be this way with him now, but, but maybe he's become so insulated. Well, okay, I could guess all these things. It just seems so heavy-handed in all the religious overtones that it right. forces on you in a story that is already based upon the preposition of his religious sort of interference into war. You know, he wants to go right. and like what you were saying earlier, his whole selling point is, you know, I'm not going to pick up a gun and they, they throw that numerously at you in the trailer, but it, it's not sold much in the trailer, but it is in the film where he realizes that in order to, to do his duty as citizen, and this is at a patriotic time, you know, in the country where right. you can't, he, he's afraid of sitting at home and having everybody look at him like, why aren't you serving? Everybody is. Right. So he's going to go to be a doctor. He wants to save lives. And, 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 it's, and not, it's not, it's not just that, although it is right. that, but also it's, he really feels it himself. Right. He really he feels does. like I should not be just sitting here being safe. And you I, know? I actually like very much um, on the whole, the performances that I got in the film. I didn't have much of a problem with the performances per se, but the story, the devotion to certain events that didn't necessarily make the story seem so interesting to me, but apparently were very interesting to Gibson. Right. It's his story. Um, you know, and again, there's a lot of heavy handed, uh, as much heavy handedness in this as there was in that Will Smith Scientology film for me. Yeah, yeah. When I started seeing it, I'm like, come on, how many Christ poses are you right. put these guys in? Or how many, you know, baptismal poses? And then there are all these weird things that I just, it, it was so hard to watch much of the end, uh, partially because, you know, this doesn't, to anyone who's seen the trailer, this doesn't ruin a thing. There's this great wall they have to climb. And, and Desmond Doss, who's, who's uh, Garfield, Garfield's character, he has to ascend this while everyone disbelieves in him and they, they distrust him and they don't like him and they're afraid that he's going to get them killed because he's the conscientious objector. He doesn't right. even carry a gun. So he must climb this great ascension and up, atop this great ascension, he provides basically what is nothing short of a miracle. And he descends back down to all those who disbelieved, and now they are changed. Right, right. How goddamn heavy-handed uh, right. can you be enforcing this down my throat when, in fact, like what you were saying, that whole battle, though tricky for me because what you started to say, and I was going to interrupt, but I'm glad I didn't because I hate interrupting you anyway. But, you know, and I feel like it's because I've seen them. Right. I, I've seen so many World War II movies and Vietnam films. And again, I never served in any war. So 
that's an easy checkmate to put on me and be like, what do you really know? But as far as films go, they all do basically the same thing. And this film doesn't do anything different except take, take as an overall feeling. Like this guy has an interesting story to tell, but I don't know that it's a two hour and 19 minute story. I feel like at times, you know, it's kind of like, I feel, I feel, I feel like like it might be actually, except that they don't want to say it. They just want to shoot an hour of the thing. That might be true too. It feels like they're taking, you know, a 50 minute story and they're stretching it into four hours. Right. There There are these moments where it works very well. And when it's working very well, it's a, it's a finely tuned machine with the performances, the directing, the pacing, everything is really going forward for me. And then it either gets in its own way or it just stumbles with this weird affect. Um, you know, and, and part of the problem for me also is yet again, we said this, I think we said it last week as well. The trailer gives away everything. You well, know, pretty much. If, if the yeah, trailer yeah. didn't suggest, if, if the trailer rather only suggested that he might still have hero you know, a heroic act in him, but instead, you know, just kind of basically explain the whole thing in the trailer. Like when it's happening, I don't care about watching what's happening because I know it. The war scene is viscerally amazing. It is so violently, I mean, I guess truthful. I know a lot of people said Saving Private Ryan was basically like, that's how it was, you know? And I feel like in this where you see bullets and bodies and blood and things just everywhere and it feels very chaotic and and very um, traumatic, I believe that is how war looks. But then all of a sudden, you know, he's running, standing up. But then it's still, it, it only goes on for so long before you're like, who cares? Who cares, right. Because it, there's not enough there to carry it aside, uh, aside from both the weird visceralness that it feels like. Gibson wants to almost, I, I feel like this movie also is one of these that people only see six times a year. Like when they go right, out and they right. see this, this is, this is huge. And it is so impactful. And the violence is so hard to watch, but yet he's basically daring you to watch it for the heroism in it. And to me, I do, I do exactly what you just did. I roll my eyes. Right. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's, you know? there's a lot in this movie that uh, I think, first of all, it's it, trying to do things and it has no understanding of how to do them. And I, I give that all to Mel Gibson, right? Yeah. Like you were saying about uh, putting people in the you know, cross poses and yeah, what, I mean, what, could, whatever stuff like that. This is a movie that is, uh, it's like it's by a person who's heard of symbolism, but doesn't understand what it means and thinks that what it means is that uh, you use your symbol and then, and then put a big sign under it (laughs) that tells you what it means. And then it's also like this, the whole scene, and I I like a lot of of this stuff that happens early on. Yeah. Except that I think even the stuff that I like, I feel like they rush through it because they just can't wait to get to yeah. the big battle, right? So there is stuff that I like going on, especially when he kind of has to figure out, uh, you know, like his romance yeah. uh, with the girl that he's, you know, trying to woo and everything. Meanwhile, he's got like his dad who's, you know, an overly typical jerk dad guy, right? right? right. But but a lot of that stuff still, it was, it was interesting and it was, you know, kind of getting me invested in the movie. And, uh, you know, especially because I, I have no love for pacifists either. So that's not, that's not helping the movie. Right. (laughs) Right. 
but but it was pretty good. But then the rest of the movie, it's it's almost like you just don't understand making movies right. at all if you've got an hour of this battle because then it's like, you know, the point of movies to some extent or making a movie and telling a story is, you know, you you look at a scene of a guy putting on his coat in his house, right? And then the next thing you see instantly, he's like in his car. Right. And then the, and then you watch him in his car for like 10 seconds. And then the next thing you see is like he's pulling into the airport. And then the next thing you see is he's sitting on a plane for a second. Right. You don't watch him for eight hours fly to London, right? right? And just sit there watching the whole thing happen and never leave the guy and follow it all along. Yeah. And it's like the last hour of this movie is just you don't understand movies, right? right. I mean, okay, he pulls them all out. I get it. And then... And then mixed into it is a bunch of stuff that there are several scenes where the Japanese are kind of mulling around, right. not finding him. Right. And a lot of the stuff that happens in there, <laughs> seriously, it's like it, maybe that really happened. Right. Don't put it in the movie. Right. I don't care if, it, if that really happened, change it. Yeah. And then it goes, you know, he, he's batting the grenades out of the air right. and the whole thing. Maybe that dude really did that. And right. then, you know, you're awesome and give him another medal right. for doing that because that is badass. Right. But don't put it in the movie <laughs> right. because it's now just ridiculous, yeah. right? right? It's crazy. So there, there was this, uh, there's this thing that is, it's like this mantra that uh, the character says, and, I, and it's in the trailer too, where he says, uh, you know, please, Lord, help me get one more. You know, right. And again, when he's doing this, and then he, uh, and then he says it at the at the end, right? At the end, the real guy, right? Like really says, really it, says right? it. In the film, when he's doing this, and he's and he's in that scene, and you know, the last battle, the only battle of the of the film, and he's pulling these soldiers out, and the film makes a point to really reinforce how good of a guy this guy was because he pulls some Japanese guys out, right? And and I'm like, all right. Oh, okay. I, I'm okay with that. But every single time his hands are bloody because he's lowering people down this huge 350, 400 foot ridge. And, and he just realizes he's got the strength to go back and get one more. Please, Lord, help me get one more. And I'm thinking to myself, really, this sermon is driving me nuts. I'm, I'm right, genuinely right. watching. And this part of the film only takes up, it felt longer but i bet it only takes up five or six minutes of the film when he's really saying this over and over right. again and doing it and and i i kid you not i'm like there goes a star there right goes right a star. right there goes a star because i don't need you to pander to me about how christians and this isn't a slight against any religion but like when they're in these movie roles and they have to be magnanimous beyond measure you know they're like let me just save one more and the metaphor there is so obvious you you're you're disenfranchising my interest in right. what you're doing. For me, it's weird. There's three, there's three parts of the film. There's the first third, which is him before he enlists. There's the middle third, which is him enlisted, but not in war. And then the last third, which is ridiculous. Which is the last it's, half. It's, it's the last half. Of the movie. <laughs> right. right. For me, though, it is very cliche. The middle part of the film is the most interesting to me. Yeah. Even though, and I love Vince Vaughn, but he is, and he doesn't do a bad job in the film, except when he shows up on the battlefield and looks like a guy. I mean, and this is no offense to someone like Peter Dinklage. If he was the, you know, if he was the drill instructor and then all of a sudden he's in battle, I'd be like, that guy didn't belong there either. Right, right. He just looks so terribly out of place 
yet can bark the full metal jacket insults that you need, right. be that guy in the mess hall or in the barracks. But the moment you put a hard hat on him and have bullets flying by him, I, I don't believe that either. <laughs> right. You know, and the first third is kind of hallmark, very syrupy, you know, very, very kind of like condescending um, in how we build him up. Even I'm going to take another star off if you don't well, stop talking pretty all right, soon. All right. <laughs> It's strange to find the most enjoyable part of the film, the most cliched part. Yet I also felt that that's where Garfield really figured out who Doss, who Desmond Doss was. And it was interesting because it wasn't always put upon him to be the religious metaphor or anchor. You kind of got to know his platoon as well. And they were full of interesting characters. Right. The film has a bunch of recognizable names in it. Right. You know? And. And it, we're both just completely bagging on I this movie. Wanna, I actually want to take another star away right now. Even though, even that, that even though it's uh, we gave it six and six and a half, and we've done yeah. nothing but rip on it. And uh, I think for me, the the only way it got six I, for a while, I was really at like a pretty hard four on this movie. <laughs> yeah. And for me, even though I don't, I don't actually think Garfield uh, necessarily deserves. Uh, he's okay. Best actor. No. He's 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 actually pretty good. He's he's okay in this. But I don't think this is a year where he deserves best uh, best actor nom. No. There's way too much uh, else out there where people are really right. doing serious things, and I don't yeah. I don't know that he's doing anything that's that impressive. He's right. still pretty good in the in the movie. But for me, it it gets um, most of the first hour, yeah. even though a lot of it is a little bit goofy, right. but I still kind of liked it. I did too. And, and I liked, um, I think really what I liked oddly enough, if you don't count his dad uh, in the first hour of the movie, I, I pretty much liked everyone else in, in the first yeah. half of it. And I, and I think there were some things where you had like Vince Vaughn was uh, a li- going a little too hard on it right. for him. Like if you want to have him in it, and, and and play this role like every drill sergeant in the army is not the exact same guy they, like, they think they are maybe they are all very similar in a lot of ways they're all close they're all doing the same basic job but they're not the exact same guy like he doesn't have to try and do an impression of like lewis gossett jr or who like whoever is going yeah. to be like a guy he can just be someone who's doing that same job and right. he's a little bit of a different guy. He, right. he goes a little too hard on it. Right. And you know, part of the problem with him doing it is that I could really see one of those guys just popping him. Sure. <laughs> sure. Like he's just not the guy who can pull that version off right. in, right. in reality. I yeah, don't know. I agree. It did. At least that's how it seemed. He so was, maybe not. Funny. I, I didn't mind Hugo weaving, um, as the dad, even though he's a bit of a character, I didn't mind but him. I, I liked him. I, I, I didn't I mind him. Well, I didn't. I, I didn't like the character. I liked his dad a million times when he comes in with the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was he, great. When he when he just breaks all the protocol and the and the justice who's sitting there is just kind of like really like let's let's see what you got to do. <clears> yeah, and and then that uh, whole scene, I love. And, it. and then and his court scene, and his right? dad is like, really, is that what you're gonna say? Right. You yeah, really going to say really I can't give that. this to you? Right. Which, so I like that scene. Like I, I, I like that him. scene, and at the same time, I hate that scene, right? Yeah. Because I like that yeah. scene because the scene plays out really cool, and it's a fun yeah. scene, and I like him in it, and I yeah. like what everyone does in the scene. I hate it because 
That's not how that works. I know. I know. <laughs> don't, don't bring your realism into this. Like, that's not, you know, it's I not like he would, it's not like other than that scene, he would have just gone down. We'd <laughs> right. never heard of him. Right. He'd still be rotten in a right. cell somewhere. Wow. That's not a yeah. thing. But right. anyway, but, but I, I, but I still like the it scene. Um, anyway. That's, that's one of those parts where it's like, see, that's clearly not what really happened. And we changed it. Right. Okay. So now yeah. there's some other things. Right. We're going to Hollywood that up. <laughs> that, yeah. Whatever. This, is, this is a film that I think a lot of people are going to see because it's the seasonal December war. You're going to feel the feels and it's got a great uplifting message. And, you know, you see six to seven films a year. This is one you're going to check out. Right. And, I and you know, I will, I will say this though. Yeah. yeah I don't think it deserves. Think it deserves a nomination for the best picture. No. Or, you know, Andrew Garfield is good, but he's not outstanding. And I don't think Mel Gibson did anything extraordinary. No, I got, I got like, I got my 20 movies yeah. that are some 10 of them are the top 10 <laughs> right. and whatever. And this is not even amongst those at all. So this isn't going to make your worst film though, is it? <clears throat> no, no, no. It's not, I mean, no, we, because we I gave hard. it a six. I right. mean, I, I still, I still think it's matter. actually, I still think it's six. actually pretty good. Yeah. You can take a spiteful stand um, and just put it on there. But, but I will say this before we, before we move on to the next movie, yeah. which we're going to have to give a quick run through, right. but I, I do have to say this for all of the preaching and garbage and stuff that keeps happening and it happens too often. And yeah. you just keep saying it. I mean, you know, just be a religious dude, right? Do you, you don't have to be you don't have to be every religious right. person in a movie does not have to be the most religious person ever in the world, right? right? Yeah. But for all that it does that, and I think it's awful, right? Yeah. At the end, I actually like that scene where they're waiting for him. I love that scene. That scene is awesome right. when, when they're waiting, you, you know, they got like a seven o'clock time to run a mountain. <laughs> right. It's like seven twelve, and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, we're waiting for private dog. Right. And the guy on the line is like, you're waiting for who? <laughs> right. And it doesn't work in the trailer at all. Um, but in the movie, that was actually, I mean, chilling is not really the adjective I want to say, but that was effective. Yeah. I actually that, was like, that was good. He's not only earned all those respectful, um, you know, all the, all the respect from all those guys, but I believe in that situation. And then I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I, what I hate too is uh, I, I really like that. I like the way that's done. And I yeah. tell you another thing that I hate about Mel Gibson <laughs> is because he's got this really good scene that works and then he runs right up the hill and ruins it. Right. Because like the very first thing that happens is awful. I right? agree. Can I just ask something before we jump to nocturnal animals? Sure. All right. So the Japanese have, have no this. time. They have, <laughs> I know I'll make it very quick. The Japanese have occupied this space. They got the high ground and they're going to win through attrition. They just got to get up the hill, secure a place and run forward. Why haven't the Japanese just walk over and cut the ropes off this thing? Yeah, I don't know. Can you, if that could be explained to me, I would believe more. I'd give it another star and a half. They were, doesn't make any sense at all. They were right there. Because in the end, no when idea. they're lowering everybody down, they're at the top shooting down at people, and they, were, they receive returning fire. They could have walked over at any point, just been like, this is how you guys are coming up. Right. We're going to fix it. Well, this. see ya. Yeah, it doesn't – you can't start trying to make sense all of right. it because right. uh, earlier right. on, the Japanese are, are firing artillery at them. And yeah, there's absolutely right. no reason that they couldn't just fire artillery at the edge of right. the thing and just take care of that and just take out the whole yeah. beach below. Right. I mean, this is why we're not anyway. our generals. Anyway, I, you know, people are going to see it, but I'm uh, not going to, I'm even with a six, a six and a half, I'm not pushing real hard for this. Cause I think there's a ton of other films out there that are way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially this month you have, yeah. you have choices like, like nobody's business. Yeah. Right. And, and they're all really good. Okay. 
Now, we have to really, really quickly uh, talk about nocturnal animals. I think maybe that will help it, too, because I think it's so weird. Maybe the brevity will maybe make it make more sense. I don't know. if I think we start talking about it too long. I think we'll lose ourselves uh, in it. Maybe. We'll, we'll get lost in the spiral. Okay, it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Adams and Michael Shannon in a supporting role. And this is the movie that I won't even like try to explain it at the beginning because the trailer won't, except right. that, that I am going to give stuff away that the trailer doesn't. So All you're right. warned there just go. on the basic idea, right? right? Because the trailer will not tell you, and there have been further trailers and TV spots and everything, and yeah. not one of them tells you that it's not just one story, right? Right. It's, it's, this is a nested story. It's a story within a story, right. and most of the crazy stuff you see happen in the trailer is stuff right. that happens in a book that Jake Gyllenhaal's character wrote. Right. And right. not, yeah. and it's not stuff. And you see Jake Gyllenhaal doing it. Right. So you believe it. And then it jumps to Amy Adams, like looking shocked. Right. And you're like, what? Right. Like, they're trying, right. <laughs> like those are two. Yeah. They were not in the same room. Right. <laughs> it's right. like two whole other things happening. So the story it's is, weird yeah. the story is Amy Adams is married. Right. Uh, and was previously married, a, you know, a decade ago right. to Jake Gyllenhaal. And they got married, got divorced, got married too young, all this stuff. And now she's married to some other guy who's really rich and Army Hammer, yeah. yada, yada. Right. I mean, it's uh, all this yeah. stuff. But but what happens is now all of a sudden uh, she gets a package and it's a book that he wrote right. and dedicated to her. Right. And then. Uh, you know, she's now not extremely happy with her life. She's right? point of her misery to really get into this book. And, and she starts reading the book. Yeah. And so then we start seeing that story right. where Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. And it's just all, um, yeah. y- you know, the book that he writes. And then every once in a while, right, she stops reading. Right. <laughs> and maybe right. something happens in her life or when we look at her in reality for a little while. Right. And then we go back to the book story, yeah. and it's a really uh gruesome freaky yeah kooky story, story. and yeah. so she's reading it and part of um what what doesn't necessarily come across exactly perfectly in the movie that comes across a little bit better in the book is her just thinking how could a person that i know right. have written this insane book right yeah. And it does come through, uh, I guess, kind of, you know, whatever. But uh, they focus a little bit more on that in the book and on her uh, constantly stop. Like, I can't read this anymore. Right. Because because I know who wrote it. And it's just, it's too weird. So anyway, um, so that's the movie. Um, And I've spoiled the trailer for you. And now... Now you don't get the surprise. Right. I, don't, I don't know what the thing is with either. the trailer. They just want people to be surprised that I it's guess. that story. It, or this is whatever. a hard one to trailerize because you want to represent bringing an audience in. Right. You've got a lot of stuff, but maybe that's the only way to do it. But yeah, it's, it's a little duplicitous. It's it, not really it, legit. It's strange. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I could just see people watching this going, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. it's not what right. I thought was happening. Right. I wanted him to be screaming at Amy Adams right. and, you know, right. whatever. All right, so... I gave this one a nine. I had to at eight and a half. This would be an easy one to do then because I'm at nine as well. Ugh. This is, I had so much fun with this. I had so much fun feeling uncomfortable when I was watching this. Yeah. Feeling, feeling like not 
and and I'm not wholly disturbed. And now that we've thrown that out, before we yeah. do anything else, I've read it. You read Have Tony you read? Susan? I haven't read Tony yeah. Susan. I know yeah. it's based on a on a, a story, and I I had wanted to, and when I knew we were going to see it, I wanted to. But then I thought. I, I always have this thinking of, do I want to know the story before so I can compare the movie to the story? Or do I want to go in and just see how and good this figure out what it's like? And right, this right. It's so interesting to me. Tom Ford is kind of an interesting person. Yeah. I just wanted to see what happened. Right. And even before the credits were done, when they're showing all the women dancing, I went, man, I, I probably should read this. Like, <laughs> right. I don't even know what's going on yet, but. I, I hadn't. So yeah. was it as good as the story? Because I know Tony and Susan is. It it, it is pretty much yeah. like I said. They're they're kind of uh, there's some different. There's sort of some shit and yeah, and overall. stuff is different. Yeah. But yeah, it. I mean, obviously, it's. Um, I gave it a nine. So right. It, I, so it's still good, I, right? I but like it. like I said, there is this whole. They just hit things a little harder in the book. Yeah. Like her, really struggling with the fact yeah, especially at first yeah. like for the first half of reading the book right it's it, they really hit this like i can't believe that i was married to this right. guy and he could write this right. and so they they keep kind of hitting on them. and then it gets to a point where you get like kind of almost halfway and then as she gets you know towards the end then it's you know we won't the movie either right, but right, then she's right. obviously going in a different well, direction right? <laughs> right they say things in the film earlier on when she's not in the story she's just, she's the art um the art gallery owner uh who's reading this and basically talking in some way about who it is because there's a point where in the movie she's like i got this manuscript from and you know and she's just saying uh what's happened and then she divulges to the audience through this conversation that she left him because he's too nice Basically. Right, right. But he was just not. She doesn't come out and say he wasn't man enough, but she just realized. At but that he's stage, he's not he's not ambitious, right? And he doesn't have. And he always uh, wanted to do these things, but she always thought that these things would never come to fruition because he doesn't have that thing in him, right? And now that he discovers that this is in him, right? And she's at a, a neutral, negative spot in her life where her marriage isn't working. She clearly seems, at least the way I. Go, clearly bored by her position as the art house owner or the right. purchaser. Like she just doesn't feel like art exists anywhere anymore. Right. And then she gets something in the form of art that totally takes the wind out of her. And we see why, because as that story unfolds, though she might be an unreliable narrator in some ways, I would have watched another four hours of that story. Right. Because it was so and, incredible. And the way that the movie kind of weaves in her story with her mom right and her mom mom kind of yeah you know kind of being the instigator of her feelings there at the beginning where she keeps saying all this stuff and she's saying you know like the things that you love about him now are the things that you're going to hate about him and then she ends up actually getting divorced and actually kind of looking at him like her mother and then they get divorced and all that that was all really well done in the movie is there a sense in the story uh, in the way that the movie, at least I don't think I'm putting too much on it, where in the film, she's she's already committed to leaving him, if not having left him, and she's she's gone to the doctor to fix the situation, and they see him in the rain, and basically, the, the film seems to suggest that maybe he didn't have that in him all along, but after she did what she did to break up with him, that created that part of him. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what it is. I think it's, um, 
you know, it's kind of like melding the book and the movie in sure, my right. mind at the same time. It all the time anyway, but it certainly looked like but that unlocked a part of it. I, I think what it is, is I think it's a little bit more. I, I think what she unlocked right in yeah. him is the ability to do what he does at the very end right. of the movie, that, that, right? Okay, the very, very end. But in terms of writing the book itself, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that's, I, I think maybe that's kind of what he to think. Right. But I think that it's really more like it, it's just art it to him. Right. It's just a book to him. It's like, it's like trying to go, you know, what made Stephen King such right. a nut that he could right. write crazy horror. And, sure. and that's, that's not it. Like, no, I think it's just, just got a good imagination. Right. Right. Well, I, I think right. that's, I think that's yeah, what it is, but I, I was hoping because it, it would be less to think that it took a prodding like that to make him be able to write a story like that instead of the believability, which is more interesting to me. He had it in him all along. Right. Like that was it. Like right. that's good. Um, right. But like I said, I think, I think what yeah. maybe she opened up in right. him was the right. ability to, I, man, I, I, and I won't say the ending except that right. the ending, it, like I even knew the ending. Right, yeah, and I the and the ending was still awesome. It's the, okay, it's yeah. Cool. I gotta tell you, he's popped up on a couple different things. Watching just as an aside, it, Michael Shannon anyway is really great in in the very small role that he has. So was Aaron Taylor Johnson. That, yeah, that guy, yeah. When he's when they go to see him and he's outside going to the bathroom, I I was watching that and I'm pretty desensitized to everything I can see in a film. I was watching that going, this is so weird and awful and <laughs> right. creepy, and I don't even know what's going to happen. And, and part of that uh, reinforced the idea that I was really happy I didn't read it before. Right. And, and also just every once in a while for the number of films I see, for the number of films I know you see, when you see something interesting and new and just like edgy, Right. Like that's so exciting and refreshing. There, there yeah. is a lot of stuff in the movie. I mean, maybe not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but there are things that are kind of the more edgy yeah. uh, smack in the face right. in the movie right. that are not exact either aren't in the book or aren't exactly how it happens yeah. in the book. It's yeah. like at the end of the day, the same thing happened, but it's right. not exactly the same. And right. so there's some like, shifting of stuff yeah. along those lines but but the the book is really good but we only have two minutes and I, i'm not really sure what else to say about the movie but it is so it is so powerful yeah. and in such a weird way too there at the beginning of the movie it's hard to watch yeah uh when it first starts out and she first starts reading the book right. and it's kind of great the way they do it in the movie i think um, they have that first part and they first like cut away to her, like laying in bed. Right. And uh, she's just so good yeah. at delivering that yep. because that it, it's not really like a scene, right? right? It's just, it's just this little shot of her like looking when she stops reading the book. Right. And she's just like, wow, yeah, right. you and know, it's quick, and yeah. it's exactly what you're doing watching right. it because yeah. it's, it's that hard to watch. It's, it's weird and crazy and and it's a freaky thing and it all so weirdly comes together and it's really kind of so in the in the book i mean i guess people could people could uh change the world of what the book's about and all that stuff but in in the book and i i hope in the movie in in the book it's almost like what happens at the end as we finally 
get through all of this book and we've got her at the end is that she actually finally matures to the level that he was at the whole time. And she can't believe that's what her life, what happened with her life, like that she realizes that he just was there and I blew it. And I didn't, and I didn't realize that, but in the book, it's like, I don't know. They talk about it more. So if you oh, get it out, if you get it out of the movie, that's okay. That's what it's, I got. it's not really that they talk about it, but you know, you hear her thinking there. about yeah. it and you that's know, whatever. But it's, uh, but what's weird is that I was going in. So the live show is going to uh, <laughs> cut off in a second. We'll go over like a few minutes yeah. maybe, but we're off on the live. So um, going into it, having read the book, it, it's kind of uh, a weird struggle because are they going to be able to pull that off in a movie because it's hard to pull off in a movie it's hard to pull her off in a movie right there's nothing really about what happens in the book in in the book within the book right right? Right. there's nothing really that's hard to like pull off it's just weird and crazy and a wild ride that you're on and everything but actually delivering what she gets out of it and what happens to her in her own mind, right? right? That's hard to pull off. And I think they did it like really well. The only reason that I didn't give this movie a 10 is that there were a few scenes in the movie that were, I think, overwrought kind of, they were uh, trying too hard to be one thing. And then the worst part for the movie, especially there are a couple scenes with Michael Shannon where they were trying too hard to be a certain thing and then it didn't even matter that they were that thing. Right. And then, and that's like, now, yeah. now you're just, right. now you're just kicking dogs for there's the one fun thing, of kicking dogs. Thing, I think right. it's the same thing you're thinking of. And I won't ruin it either. I'll just say there was every scene, but one with Michael Shannon, I felt was effective. And then there was one that was kind of like, just, it should have been an outtake. It just didn't, or they needed to redo it and tighten it up because it just was so weird for who everybody was supposed to be in that right. moment, in that room. And, and it isn't, and it isn't everyone, but it's him. Certainly. I actually think Aaron Taylor Johnson is actually fine. Oh man, that guy's really good in that whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, it, this probably even edges closer to nine and a half for me than nine. Right. But there is when I'm watching it, despite the uncomfortability that was welcome and the, the weird, like fun anxiousness that I got in watching the story and the story there's just something that's missing there from making it a 10 all the right. way across. It's just, it's not a cohesive thing. It's not something that either Amy Adams doesn't do or Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't do or the director or the screenplay. It's just, there is something missing. And, and I feel like this is pretty close yeah, no, and that's okay. Like it doesn't. Have I do to too. Get a 10. There's uh, there's some of the stuff for me that uh, pulled it down, and you know, there's a lot of little things, and all together they still only bring it down one a star. Little. So it's not like these right. are bad things. Right. But there's some of the stuff that's in her real life. Yeah, the word that we 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 watch too much, and either for the wrong reason or right. no reason, where. Uh, she has to talk out loud at somebody yeah. for a while and she didn't really have to. Right. It's just that right. we sort of are working on a theory that she had to when yeah. she didn't. I, I also love films like this. This is why I really dig, uh, you know, things like Prisoners or stuff like Christopher Nolan's film where it didn't, even though it did do that on one occasion and maybe more than once, it really doesn't 
pander to you. It just expects you to keep up. It expects you to like kind of get right. the knowledge. And, you know, it doesn't just like spell out everything. It's not kind of girl on a train, like let me voice over and tell you everything you're not paying attention to. Right. And when you get to the end in this movie, it's not like getting to the end of girl on a train, right? It's not that, it's not exactly that it's like a big shock or surprise or like, oh God, you didn't see that coming. Like maybe you saw it coming. Uh, I don't know if most people will see it coming, but except that, the only the only reason you really see it coming is because there's not enough time left in the movie for right. for, for anything else, right. Right? right? But it it's not kind of like here's the big surprise. It's just like you didn't ex- you didn't expect that right. because of the characters, right? right? And then right. suddenly this thing happens, and you're like, oh, I was like really was watching really a whole other movie yeah. the whole, the whole time. I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing this again at some point. Uh, not right away, but you know, soon enough, because there was a part of the film when I was enjoying it so much, I started realizing that I think I was missing some obvious things. Like there are these, there are these things where like Amy Adams as the art, uh, as the art gallery owner, she's walking around and I caught one. She like walks in front of this thing that just says revenge. And I'm like, of, of course. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. Have there been little, little. <laughs> right, right. And if there have been, Jesus, I haven't been paying attention because I'm so much watching them. I'm not watching the foreground. And is that giving foreshadowing? And it was this weird thing of like, all right, there's a story within a story, but I wonder if there were metaphors within metaphors. Right. And I, I which, which is really cool like, because cool. if, if it, Turns out that you can do big things like that and you don't even notice it because you're too involved right. in the movie. That's right. a sell right yeah, there. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, go see this. This right. is so much fun. It's yeah. just so much fun in it and how uncomfortable. Make sure you know who you're seeing it with, though. Right. If you're going to the theater, yeah. don't don't bring just anyone. Don't just take your grandmother who you haven't seen for a long time right. or your kids. Don't bring your kids to this. All right. So, um, as far as setting the stage for hitting awards, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is one that I think should have had a lot more awards. Yeah, I uh, it was uh, really good, especially with uh, there are two or three things I could have not recommended or I could have not voted right. for for best picture. Uh, I'd have voted for this, for this, even yeah. if this was only nine. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's we're way over our time already. So you've probably spent way too much time with us. So yeah. we're going to let you go until next week. Next week. Don't even try to predict what movies <laughs> will be know. because there will be four or five and right. it could be anything, but nothing really huge hits next week. I don't think. And there's like this weird bubble of time. Maybe it's bad Santa too. Or is that later? Maybe it, it might everybody's be staying away from one the week after. Right. You know, exactly. But, um, anyway. So, um, but yeah, we'll have tons of films, yeah. uh, including uh, stuff coming up like Assassin's Creed and Rogue right. One, right. Uh, like those big things. But then, everything is uh, yeah. coming out. So awesome. next is going to be uh, crammed. Yeah. Right. But anyway, we'll let you go. Thanks for tuning in to us. Uh, please, please share, <laughs> subscribe on iTunes, rate us on iTunes and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Bye.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. <laughs> 